Grizzly Pauls tells us the lessons that the modern world can learn from her bear dancing on this week's episode of Powwow Life for June 25th, 2019. Hello and welcome to the Powwow Life podcast. I'm your host, Paul Gowder, and this is the show from powwows.com where we explore and celebrate all things native culture. So thanks for being here, and I'm glad you're with us this week. This week's episode, I've got a really special interview with Laura Grizzly Pauls. If you've been on powwows.com or, or been on social media, you've probably seen some of her videos because they've, they've gone viral several times with her bear dancing. It is an amazing thing to watch. She has a full bear hide on her, and she does uh, her dancing involves the movements of the, that mimic the bear. It's an amazing thing to see, and so we'll talk to her a little bit about that today, uh, how she got started with bear dancing, and, and why the elders told her it was time to bring that out into the public. If you're new to powwows.com or new to powwows and you're hoping to go to your first one, we've got a special email series that will help you get started and give you all the information you need. Head over to www.powwows.com slash powwow101. All one word together, powwow101. And that'll subscribe you to our new email series where we'll go through and answer the most common questions we get about people going to their first powwow. Whether it's the dance styles, the grand entry, uh, the do's and don'ts, the etiquette, we'll answer all those questions. So check that out if you're new. I hope I think you'll enjoy it and, and learn a little something. Um, even if you've only gone to a few, I think you'll really like this. Check it out at www.powwows.com slash powwow101. I want to say a special thank you to those members of Powwow Nation. A big thank you goes out to Roger B, Rosa D, Vincent J, Joyce F, and Cindy S. Thank you so much for being a part of Powwow Nation, and we'd love for you to join too. Powwow Nation is our booster club for powwows.com. It is a way for you to directly support the site and help us continuing creating incredible content like this podcast. If you're interested, head over to www.powwownation.com. Love to see you there, and we really appreciate it. In fact, this this month we have a special. Uh, everyone who joins at the $25 level gets a free Powwow Life shirt. So join up before June 30th to take advantage of that special offer. We really appreciate everyone's support. Head on over to www.powwownation.com. I'll have all the links from today's show, uh, all the things we talk about with Laura Grizzly Paws and some other links for you to check out, head over to www.powwows.com slash powwowlife26 for all those show notes. And make sure you stick around till after the episode for a way to win this week's prize, which is a yard of uh, Teton trade cloth wool. This is their three-band wool they just came out with, and I've got a yard of it to give just to you so you can make something special with it. So be sure to stay tuned, and I'll tell you how to do that after the show. Thanks, everyone. Sit back and enjoy this week's episode with Laura Grizzly Pauls. Welcome back to Powwow Life. And tonight I've got a really special guest for you. Uh, I'm excited to hear her story. I've been watching her dance and sing for years. Uh, we've had several posts on powwows.com about her that have just gone crazy. So I'm sure you all are looking forward to hearing from her too. Laura Grizzly Pauls, thank you so much for being here tonight. Thank you. Thanks very much for this opportunity to just connect and engage with the world. 
Oh, we appreciate you being here. And, um, you know, everybody on Powell's.com, I'm sure, has seen your videos of your dancing and all. Um, but before we get to all that, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're from? I'm from a small community called Hoisten. It's a Bridge River uh, clan community. We're known as the Smiling People because of the abundance of salmon that we harvest from our waters. And we're known as the Bear People as well. So I'm from the central Ontario, British Columbia, the small town called Lillooet. Okay. All right. I, had, I hadn't been to British Columbia. That's one of the places I want to get to up in Canada. Um, cool. And so um, the, let's talk about the dance first. I think that's what everybody um, knows you for. How did, when did you start in, in the, the bear dance and, and doing that? Uh, well, I've pretty much witnessed bear dancing since I was uh, pretty young. Um, but I really picked it up again when I was probably about 16 when I got back into the circle. And then um, it wasn't until about maybe 13, 14 years ago that, uh, that I started dancing with Grizz out in public. Okay. Uh, yeah, cause that, and that was going to be my next question. You know, um, from hearing you speak and all, it's something you've been doing for a long time, but it wasn't just until recently that, um, you know, videos and, and seeing you dance in public came to be. Is that, is that um, was that a, sh- a shift for you or is that something, um, you know, that you, you just personally decided? No, it was it was something that was brought to my attention from a few elders within the community, stating that uh, you know we honor the the we honor the grizzly bear and you know the four legged and stuff within our communities and our ceremonies here. Like we'll have bear dances, bear ceremonies, uh, bear sweat lodges, and fasts, and all these kinds of events and stuff like that that would take place on that cultural aspect and component. And then, then we honor, you know, we honor the winged ones, the ones that fly. So the eagle was something that's really highly symbolic among Indigenous peoples. And uh, one of my elders, actually, he was my cousin, that mentioned that we need to honor our four-legged. The people need to understand that and that people need to recognize the significance and importance of the four-legged. And so it wasn't until, gee, I can't remember what year it was, um, one of my elders, she lost her daughter, and I went down for a ceremony, and we did our prayers and everything, and then uh, we stopped by at the Powa in Kamloopa, and um, the same elder that lost her, her daughter there, and the few others, they were sitting there, and they said, are you going to dance? And I said, oh, I brought my... I brought some of my gear and then they said, no, are you going to bear dance? And then I was just like, oh, well, uh, this is a powwow. And then they said, so this is where, this is our territory. These are our lands. This is our homelands. Uh, you should dance. And then I quietly was just kind of like, oh, well, uh, <laughs> I'll, make, I'll make some phone calls first. And so I actually sent out a message to my former chief. I messaged my uh, adopted father, Ronnie Lester, and then I messaged another elder, and then they said, yeah, it's time. Time for people to see the bear. And so that was, I guess that was the first time I I took Grizz out into public, uh, into the circle of the powwow, at Kamloopa powwow. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think that's the first video I saw of it. Yeah. Um, and so as you're dancing now um, at different events, um, what is that message that, that the elders wanted you to bring forward? And, you know, what is it that we can learn from, from Bear and, and the Four-Leggeds? Well, the most symbolic message is about advocating about Indigenous values and our interconnectedness to the land. And so how we relate and identify to who we are as Ukwamu people, as people of the land. And so um, it's about resilience. It's about survival. It's about affirming who it is that we are in our unique, authentic selves and, uh, and remembering um, our tradition based on where it is that we come from. Of course, we have our own bear dances and certain ceremonies that we do within our own community, and those aren't recorded and and shared on social media, but then what people see and witness when I dance is more of the celebration, cultural component aspect that I kind of pretty much adapted or created based on the big drum powwow style, right? Because in our home communities, we sing on hand drums to the bear dances and ceremonies. So it's a different, it's a different style of dance. So. And um, so you're, you're, the bear you dance with, um, was that something that was passed on to you, or is is he fairly new? He, his name is Grizz, okay. so he does have a name. And um, he is from my community, Hoisten, the community that I come from. And so we're both from the Hoisten community, and basically I advocate for my community as well and my family and uh, former chief uh, Bradley Jack that uh, that uh, had passed on Grizz to me to honor and to carry that role. Awesome. It, it's, uh, you know, what I got to see it in person just, you know, recently at Manitowabi. Um, I'd only seen it in videos there and um, I'm not sure the videos really do it justice. Um, no, they don't. It's actually no. a whole different energy um, to actually see it live. Yeah, it, w- it was amazing. Um, and, and the movements and the the life you bring to him, um, wow, it's it's pretty. It's 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 really uh, breathtaking. So uh, thank you for um, sharing that with us. I, I enjoyed it. So I, I know everybody else out there did too. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And, well, and speaking of Mantuabi, uh, you were there for another reason too. You you won a award this year. Actually, I did, yes. So I, I received the honors for best hand drum, best traditional hand drum. So that was an absolute honor to be to be recognized and, and uplifted. It was like an honorable high that I was uh, I was living off of for like, you know, <laughs> since the event. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was really cool. And, and I have to say, Manitowabi has the coolest trophies ever. Um, they are actual hand drums, so that's pretty awesome. Um, so when did you start, uh, you know, singing and doing recording? I, well, that was my third album that I produced. Um, my first album was about three years ago and that first album was called meaning hear me. And that was about hope, uh, faith, uh, resilience and love, family and community. And my second album, I, this one was actually nominated for uh, Best Language uh, Francophone. And that one was called We Are the Children of the Land. And I actually taught 10 kids within our communities 
um, some songs to our language. So I, I wanted to promote or instill into our children that they could um, create a career or a passion through their cultural identity, that they don't have to neglect their language, that they can build something from it and include it into their art, uh, those kinds of things. So that was a, a album that I dedicated to my community and all profits and proceeds from that album go to my community to support the education program. And then my last album, uh, which I was awarded for, is Come Home. That one was dedicated to women, women of all walks of life, women in leadership, mothers, grandmothers, sisters, daughters, those that lost their loved ones, missing, murdered Indigenous women. Um, that song that I sang, Come Home, that, that song is specific to missing, murdered Indigenous women. And it's about calling our women to come home, that this is the land, this is the place that you call home, and this is the place that you should have known, like your homeland, your territory, your grassroots. That's really, really cool. Um, I like the message of that song, and uh, I really love the idea of uh, teaching young people to use their culture, um, you know, in include it in their businesses. Um, I think too many times uh, people look at some of this as being too commercial, but I think there there's a balance you can strike there um, bringing culture into your business instead of bringing business to your culture. Um and that, that's a really cool message to hear, you know, having people remember that, you know, they they are indigenous even in their businesses. That's really cool. That's awesome. Um, I love that. Um, and, I, you know, I'll include – we've got a, a video of you singing and dancing at Manitowoc. So I'll put those both in the show notes so everybody wants to see uh, the dance as well as hear the song. Definitely put that out there. Um, so that was, that, your, that was your first time at Manitowoc, right? That was my first time attending that, that event. That was absolutely a powerful, moving event, yes. Very well coordinated. The people were, uh, the hospitality and everything was just phenomenal. Yeah, I think on uh, Sunday it ran a little late, but, man, every time I turned around they had food for us. Um, that was pretty <laughs> awesome. <laughs> they, they took really good care of us up there. jumped in that bit about what time we were going to be out of there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was off. Um I was off by about an hour and a half, so I missed that oh, bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, it wasn't. It wasn't. I mean, I think we left around two ish, two thirty, something like that. It wasn't. wasn't It wasn't the worst I've ever had. The latest I've ever been. So it wasn't too bad. Um, yeah, and somebody, somebody. I don't know if you were still there, but somebody brought us um, McDonald's cheeseburgers about midnight. Um, man, those were, <laughs> those really hit the spot right at midnight. Those was those were good. <laughs> um, well, and so, you know, in following you on social media, and I noticed there's um, that you're also active in an, in another, um, as if singing and dancing um, wasn't enough to keep you busy. Um, you're involved in some fitness competitions. Is that right? Um, yes. I, I just uh, had my first meet on, what, May 25th. I took on um, the event at the BC Cup. So I competed in novice division and masters for bikini athletes. That's really cool. Um, how did you get involved? I mean, is, uh, have you been training and weightlifting for a long time, or is this is this another new activity? Um, no, I've actually actually 
training has been was introduced to me when I was about 16 years old from uh, my late foster home that I was placed into. And uh, it's funny because I just recently posted on my Instagram that uh, one post about, uh, you know, you better lift weights instead of pounding someone's face in because I grew up in a lot of uh, ministries, home from home to home. And so my, fa- my foster dad brought me into the gym and he was just like, you see these, you lift these, you do this, now do it. And then so he was just like, anytime you feel angry, resentment, you want to pound someone's face in, you lift these weights and you take it on on these weights. And <laughs> so that's when, that's, when weight, that's when weight training started for me. So I've been on and off uh, with weight training throughout my whole life since then. And after every single one of my babies I've had, I have four kids, I would bounce back into shape aid through training. And uh, but this time I've taken it a step farther to get on that stage. That was something that I've always wanted to do, and something that I about. So I, my daughter's what 28 months now, and after I had her, I decided, you know what, this is it. It's time. And so I really started to focus on my personal health and well-being, and um, hired a coach, and uh, said, this is my goal. This is where I want to go, and this is what I want to do, and let's make it happen. And so that's what we did. And I placed third in master's division and I placed uh, fifth in novice. Uh, Yeah. Wow. And and 28 months after, after having her, that's amazing. Congratulations. That's really cool. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, now you had uh, one of your daughters or, or a couple of your daughters up on stage with you, right? When you accepted Uh, the award. Okay. I have three boys and one daughter. Okay, yeah, and yeah, that was uh, you know, I thought it was very fitting that you you brought them on, brought her on stage, and um, and the message there, um, and the, you know, the the new gen- the next generation is why we do things. So that I really appreciated hearing that too. Yes, absolutely. Like that's one of the things that I always uh, ask myself, and you know, what I want, what do I want my children to know. What do I want this generation to know and understand? What do I want them to have? What kind of legacy do I want to leave behind? And what kind of values and teachings do we want our children to have and to carry with them into their future? Basically, am I providing all the, all the skills, the knowledge, and, or expertise to them so that when I leave here, I know that they are going to be, they're going to be good. They're going to be walking on this earth in a good way with a good heart and good mind and good spirit. You know, that's, that's something that I've always really been adamant about, like what am I doing and, and who's influencing them as well. You know, that plays a key role in, and who's, who's engaging with my kids and what are they teaching them, what values are they putting in, into their lives and those kinds of habits thing. We can all get motivated to dance. We can all get motivated to sing, or we can all get motivated to be fit and train and do all these kinds of things. But motivation eventually runs out, and it's, it's habit, it's character that keeps it going. Uh, that's definitely uh, great advice. Um, well, I was just sitting here thinking about that. That's, that's really good. Um, well, you know, and. I know a lot of people are are touched and, and moved by your dancing, um, even just watching it online. Um, and you know, and t- so um, you know, to the 
I guess the little girls out there or, or, or little boys that are looking to you as a role model and and looking to um, you know get into to singing or into performing, um, any advice for them on, on how to get into that path? One of the one of the greatest things that I would want people to know is that no matter what your dreams, your goals, your hopes are, you have to believe in yourself. No matter what, no matter how hard it's going to get, no matter where you're going to go, no matter who you're going to encounter, and you know there will be people in our lives that will walk away, that will walk away from us, that will give up on us, or will not believe in you. But you have to. Stay strong to your faith. You always have to have faith. You always have to have hope. You always have to have belief and in yourself. Because at the end of the day, it's no one else is going to do it for you. You have to do that work yourself. And establish healthy relationships with people who are going to empower you and support you and encourage you. But always be prepared to, to, um, to do that hard work. Eh? It's not going to come easy. Like if everybody could be fit, and strong and lean and cut, then that would be that would be a walk in the park for everybody. But it's not. It's like bodybuilding is not for everybody. It requires discipline, hard work, motivation, perseverance, consistency, uh, aloneness. You know, because you're eating your broccoli, your chicken alone, you're eating <laughs> sweet potatoes alone, and everybody else is eating pizza and chow mein and whatever. Like I'm preparing how many different meals for my kids, and then something separate for myself. You know, all of these different things, like, don't ever give up on yourself. Always have hope. Always have faith. Always believe in yourself and and keep moving forward. Nothing's going to last forever. Just keep moving forward. When we struggle or when we hurt or when we fall, it's not going to last forever as long as we pick ourselves back up and keep moving forward. You know, that's all I can really say about that part. And that's only, I can only speak based on my experiences. So it's, it's something that I always tell my kids, like, you got to work hard for what you want and you have to, you know, you have to believe in yourself and to definitely put in the effort. The kids today don't have it as hard as we did when we were growing up. You know, we didn't have all the luxuries. You know, I definitely didn't. Nothing was ever handed to me. And a lot of people assume that, that things were just handed to me. But I grew up in ministry care, going from home to home. I struggled academically in school. I got kicked out of school. I went to, you know, jail, in and out of jail. I was incarcerated. I was locked up. I was, you know, all of these things happened to me in my childhood. And when it boiled down to creating change and empowering myself, it had to, I had to start with myself. And I had to learn how to correct the false principles within my life that people put into me saying that I was like a chug or a dumb Indian or I had nothing to offer or whatever it was. Like I had to correct a lot of those false principles and instill it and replace it with things about the, the qualities, the characteristics and the good things that I am and I, that I do have. So, you know, nothing was ever handed to me. And so we have to remember where, where it is that we come from because if we know where we come from, and we understand our values and our foundations of our family, then we know where we are going. And we know what we want for our, our, our children and, you know, what we want for them to have and what we want for them to know. Uh, thank you for sharing that. I think so many times people, um, you know, they get in trouble at a young age or, um, 
or have, you know, a difficult childhood and they think they get put in that, that that's their track forever. Um, so thank you for sharing that. It's not that, you know, it's up to you to change that. Um, yeah. So thank you. I, th- I think that's a good message that a lot of people do need to hear. Yeah. Cause a lot of times, like if I get bookings, a lot of it's, a lot of the bookings are not just for the bear dance or the songs. A lot of bookings I get will, will be about resilience, about survival, about sexual abuse. It'll be about trauma. It'll be about, um, um, you know, taking back your education or indigenous woman empowerment, um, those kinds of things. Eh? Because no matter where we are or what, where, where it is that we are in Indian country or in the world, many indigenous cultures or families or communities are struggling with alcoholism, addiction, drugs, abuse, uh, teenage pregnancy, suicide, all these kinds of things. So communities are looking for hope, um, somebody to inspire their youth or connect with them or identify or, you know, because if we, if I go into a community, if I can make a difference for just one member, one community member, that one person is going to grow and they're going to create a rippling impact within their family and their community. And so it's like, then I know I've done my job. And so it's, it's not just about the bear dance and the bear dance is like a, like a, I guess icing on the cake for a community when they, when I get bookings in some of the communities. And so a lot of, a lot of it is really about hope and resilience and survival. You know, we are survivals. We are resilient. We're still here today. We still have our songs, our dances, our ceremonies. Many of us still have our languages, but many languages are, are on, on the danger of extinction. Um, but we, there's still hope, you know, there's still hope that we can, reclaim and rebuild and, and strengthen our identities. Well, thank you. That's, that's great work there. Um, yeah. Sharing that with people. Um, that's really awesome. Um, and so as you're traveling this summer, where um, do you have some dates or places we can see you? Um, I will be in, where will I be? Uh, next weekend, the 13th, 14th, 15th weekend, I'll be up on Yukon and Whitehorse. And then the weekend after that, I will be up in uh, Belmont, uh, up north. Um, and then Prince George. And then the weekend after that, I'm back up at the, up in the Yukon for the Akata Festival. And so those are my, that's my next three weekends anyways. Um, June, I haven't really finalized or no, I'll, July, I haven't really finalized some dates yet, but um, I'm still waiting on confirmation. But that's where I'll be for the next three weeks, three weekends upcoming. And where can everybody go to follow you and, and to learn more? Well, I do have a website. It's www.grizzlypaws.ca. I do have two Instagram accounts, uh, grizzled underscore beauty. That's mostly my fitness and other promo stuff that I do. And then I have uh, grizzly, grizzly paws underscore services. Uh, that's where I post a lot of my grizz bookings and grizz works and engagements, um, those kinds of things that I do with the uh, communities. So that's where all, all of grizz goes there. 
Um, Facebook, I have a fan book page. I actually don't keep up to it very much anymore, but I know I should. <laughs> I'm mostly Instagram, but it's kind of hard to track everything. And Twitter, uh, it's just El Grizzly Pod Twitter, but I'm not on that a whole lot either. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. If you go to my website, grizzlypod.ca, then you can check out the other link. All right. And, and any any future projects working on in, in new albums or anything else coming up we need to look out for? I'm actually working on revitalizing old, old Scotland hymns. They're basically songs that people do not know, do not, you know, I'm having actually a challenging time uh, transcribing and writing them, but I, I have, I have that biggest challenge and I'm going to get it done. So I'm working on, 20 songs to revitalize old Scotland hymns. And I'm not, I'm not Catholic or, or a Christian or any of that, but my, my elders are, my grandmother is. And so she asked me to be a lead hymn singer in prayer for her when, when her time comes. And so I finally have taken on that responsibility to, to learn that and to honor my grandmother through that, because it's still a part of our history, still a part of our culture and it's in our language. And I find that the old Staten hymns that we have, uh, a lot of people don't understand them. Like I sat with elders to review these songs with, and many of them have never heard some of the old high language because their language is dying. So it's hard to, uh, to write, but I'm, I'm getting there, and it's a huge challenge, but it, it's happening. And, and uh, I think that's important because... Um, because uh, it's still a form of prayer, and those hymns didn't come from you know residential schools where they were they strictly uh, forbidden language. But you know those hymns were translated uh, with the first quotes and whatnot that came within our, into our territory. Right? So you know that's all a part of religion, and I have good good feeling and good vibes from some community members. And then I have the other half that are saying, how could you do that? That's all sinful. It's all, you know, oppressive. It goes against our religion and our culture. And I'm just like, you know what? It's still a part of our history. It's still a part of, you know, empowerment and educating and honoring our past. So I'm doing it for my own. So that's kind of what I'm working on right now. That sounds like a fun project, actually. Um, revitalizing old stuff like that. That's, uh, that's really cool. Um, can't wait to hear those. Uh, all right. Well, thanks so much. Um, any other, um, info you want to pass on to our user or our listeners before, before we go? You know what? I just want to say to everybody that I, you know, I thank you for your love, your blessings, your praises, your comments, even those odd ones that shoot up those negative comments. I thank you for that as well. Um, you know, I just want to say, you know, keep an open heart, keep an open mind. Let's just keep moving forward and honoring oneself and honoring each other because we shouldn't be fighting with each other or discriminating each other. We should be empowering and embracing one another because at least we're doing something. And when we come together in unity, then we are all helping one another. And this is what we have. This is all we have that we have left to honor and give hope to the next generation so let's keep it real and we're all we're all people of the land it doesn't matter who we are where we come from that's who we are that's it 
well, thank you so much for that. And thank you for, for taking the time to talk with us a little bit. Um, looking forward to, to seeing, um, seeing you dance again, hopefully soon. Um, and, and hearing some more songs. So thanks so much for sharing. Thank you very much. Bless it always. And that wraps up another episode of the Powell Life podcast. Thank you so much for being here and listening to our special interview from Laura Grizzly Pauls. I appreciate her time and for her being on the show. Okay, I promised you more information on how to win that one yard of Teton trade cloth. There are three, three band that just came out, so head over to www.powwows.com slash powwowlife26, and there will be a contest entry form there. And the more ways you enter, the more chances you have to win, and we'll have a way for you to enter daily. So come back each day, check it out, and click the button to get your daily entries. So good luck, and I hope you take home that yard of Teton trade cloth. Thanks again, everyone, for being here. I'm Paul Gatter from powwows.com, and I'll see you down the trail. Good luck. Here is this week's trivia question. You can head over to powwowlife.com to fill out the form and submit your answer. All the right answers are entered into a drawing for a 10-sticker powwows.com sticker pack. Here's the question. This year, we are celebrating a big milestone. We have been live streaming for a number of years. So tell me, what year was the first year we streamed and what was the first powwow we streamed? If you've been listening or following our content, you should be able to find it. Good luck. Powwowlife.com to submit your answer. What was the first powwow and what year did we first live stream? Good luck and thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next week.